Be sure to get down, good Lord, with the two idiots talking sports. Strictly men, they just play around, cover much ground, talk about the best pound for pound. It's Z to AC, DC to Cali. Can't get them out of your mind, no They talk about the sports all the time Welcome to Two Idiots Talking Sports I'm your host, Alex, joined by star reoccurring guest, Big Drew What up, Big Drew? Yo, yo, what's up, my friend? Calling us 13 minutes before Timber opens, so squeezing one in We're We're already open, bro I stepped outside I told everybody I had to go take a shower uh, but really, I'm potting. So restaurants open, and I got to get back there soon because it's getting crazy. Pot, potting in the alley of Timber Pizza. All right, let's jump right into it. It's the NBA playoffs. It's the second round. Celtics 76ers started yesterday. Celtics beat them down. Uh, I was moving the last two weeks, so we couldn't call earlier. Celtics are playing out of their mind without Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Terry Rozier, a.k.a. Scary Terry, has turned into, like, an all-NBA talent. What is the deal with the Celtics? Is this for real? Are they going to the finals? Or is this just they couldn't miss last night and they're in for a seven-game series with the Sixers? Uh, I think it is definitely more of the latter. I love the Celtics, and I love this team, and I love that they're making magic happen. But the shooting percentages are absolutely not sustainable. Um and I think they're good, and I think this is a sign of shapes of thing to come in the next couple of years. Um, but I do think uh, that last night was more of a mirage than it was, like, the actual truth. And I still think we'll lose this series um, just because I don't think Terry's going for 30 every night, and I don't know if Tatum can sort of, as a rookie, show this every night. But I think it's beautiful flashes of what's to come in the, in the next couple of years, and especially once we get our – our horses back that we're going to be um, pretty scary in the next couple of years. I mean, it's been wild how good Al Horford's been, who's shooting like 650 from the field or something crazy. Yeah, he was, 10, he was 10 for 12 last night. I mean, it's like that's not sustainable, but I love it. He's shooting 47% from three. Yeah. Rozier shooting 44% from three. <laughs> Jalen Brown and Tatum, who are both teenagers, basically, are averaging 18 points a game, which is crazy. You know, we, everyone was saying going into the playoffs, like, are those two going to be able to step up in the playoffs? And that's going to be the X factor. And the answer has been yes so far. I mean, is Ro- Rosier is 24. He's a restricted free agent in 2019. He's playing, like, complete alpha male the last six weeks of the season. Is this – is he, like, a just trade bait right away, or is this – you're running him back for one more year? Yeah, it's tough because the problem is, is when Kyrie comes back, Terry just won't get these reps, right? Like, everybody in the NBA has incredible talent, but a lot of it is, like, opportunity and reps, and it's so much harder to come in for 12, 15 minutes a game and play really well when you know that Kyrie's coming back in and, like – you have to make those 12 minutes count. But right now, he's like, I'm the guy. Like, I have a long leash. I can play loose. I can play with confidence. Um, so to run it back next year with him, back to his backup role, where it's going to be much harder to showcase this again, it's like if this continues through the playoffs and you're confident that Kyrie's going to be back and healthy next year, I feel like you sort of have to move on him 
that being said, like, I don't, like, what do you move him for? Um, and we sort of have, like, a logjab of talent, which is a weird thing to say. Like, I don't know what you move him for, but I do think his trade value will never be higher than it is right now, especially if he goes back to sort of that backup role next year. I mean, I had to talk myself out of, or I was like, yeah, last night, I'm like, is Neil Aquina and a future first-round pick worth it for Rozier? And would the Celtics even say yes to that? I don't think the Celtics would say yes to that, which is that's you crazy. Know, a lot about your franchise. I mean, first of all, the Knicks are terrible, so future firsts are always high value. Neil, I mean, I don't know if I would want to do that. Why not? First of all, next year, why can't you start uh, Rozier and Kyrie? I mean, I think you start Kyrie, Tatum, Jalen, Hayward, and Harford. And no. I think you almost have Hayward play the four. No, I have. I would go Rozier, Kyrie, Hayward, Tatum, and Horford. And then you have Jalen Brown off the bench. Dude, Brown is unbelievable. I think you're wrong. And I think the future of the NBA is like having all these guys who can play all positions. Like, basically, Kyrie, Brown, Hayward, and Tatum can all play some one through three, and then Hayward maybe a little four. And I think those guys are flying around, switching everything. All four of them can shoot. All four of them can dribble. I don't know why you bring one of them off the bench just to have, like, a more traditional lineup. I think that's the starting five that's just going to be scary. So then why not trade Kyrie, who's coming off two major knee surgeries and is going to make eight times what Rozier's going to make? Well, one, I wouldn't call these major knee surgeries. These were, like, little touch-ups, and they were taking the screws out, and it was just an infection. So it's not like there's anything structural that they're, like, repairing. Um, so I think there's no fear that he's not going to be back at full strength. And Kyrie has also proven this for five, six years where Terry Rozier has been good for a month. So uh, I would stick with the proven commodity, the all-NBA player, the one who's shown that he can also do it in the NBA Finals over Terry, who could be great, but also this could be uh, sort of a little flash in the pan, you know. I mean, like, Gerald Green has had stretches where he drops 30 a night, and Gerald Green is Gerald Green, so... Um, so a month does not equal a career. I mean, we've been talking about Rozier for, honestly, months. I mean, we are years. You and I, we made a joke last time you were on the podcast. It was like whenever the Knicks and Celtics, like whenever we were talking mellow trades, I'd always be like, oh, you could go to Boston and Rozier would be part of the package. Yeah. Like, I've been on Rozier since Louisville. I think he could be like the third best player on a good team. Is that crazy? No, I mean, certainly not with what he's showing these playoffs. Um I, I do think he's slightly out of control, and maybe like that changes when his game matures a little bit and the game slows down for him a little bit. But he has like a little bit of Marcus Smart in him where you're sort of saying, oh, Jesus, this guy's out of control. Marcus, oh, no, Marcus Smart is crazy, dude. The shots he's taking are outrageous. There was a series yesterday where he just caught it, jacked a three that like hit the side of the rim, Somehow he got the offensive rebound and just shot it again and bricked it horribly again. And then the next, oh, he's insane. <laughs> but he's like also so crazy that the rest of the team feeds off of him. Uh, so. Defensively, he's one of the better players in the league. Like I, lo- I love Marcus Smart. I would love it if he was on my team. He's a psychopath, but he's could guard any position. He's a monster. Yeah, he's a wild one. There's I, no doubt. I'd like to see Rozier like on Phoenix with, like, Booker and when they get Aton with the number one pick or whatever, like, that could be the core of a really tight team. I mean, I don't I, I sort of take it back, actually, now sort of thinking about it. Because if you think about the Warriors from two years ago and, like, Livingston coming off the bench and being, like, a beast point guard, and to be great in this NBA, you do need a deep bench. So even if we go with the starting five 
that I discussed, having like Rozier and Morris and Baines and Marcus Smart, well, he might leave. Um, Smart, let's say Smart's gone. You know, I can't imagine you're going to be able to afford to keep him. I'm saying, even a second unit of Morris, uh, Rozier, and Baines, and whatever else we have, whether it's Shane Larkin or whoever it is. Larkin stinks. <laughs> Don't even talk to me about Shane Larkin. He, where does, because I think Careful if you person. trade Rozier now, it's like OKC with Harden. Like, you know, they gave up. I'm not saying Rozier is hardened, but, like, they're trading him a year earlier than they need to. He's a re- Yeah, I've actually, in the last three minutes, I've talked myself out of trading him, and I legitimately think if Hayward and Kyrie are healthy next year that we are a legitimate title contender. And so I think you keep your best chips, and you have Rozier come off the bench and, like, lead that second unit and be just hopefully just eat up other second units and drop buckets and – even like, uh, and also be a little um, uh, injury insurance for Kyrie. So I, mean, I back, take it all back. You can fast forward the first five minutes of the pod. Keep Terry. Uh, we're going for the title yeah. this year. If we – worst case scenario, you lose him for nothing. Best case scenario, you win a title with him and you're able to sign and trade him. Like he's a yeah. restricted free agent. He's not going to be unrestricted. So you could sign and trade him to wherever. Yeah, I take it all back. I love him. Keep him. Uh, last question on Celtics before we move on. I know you only got a couple minutes. Uh, that lineup you just said of Brown, Tatum, Hayward, Kyrie, Horford, Rozier off the bench, where do they rank in the NBA hierarchy? Like, Warrior, I got Warriors one, Houston two. Is Boston three there? Are people left in the playoffs? No, NBA next year, barring like. Oh, four. next year. Sorry, I blacked out for a second. Um. I mean, can I just say the Celtics are number one next year? No, stop it. Okay. Well, you lost legitimately there. Are they better than Philly when they get LeBron James? LeBron's not going to Philly. But, yes. Dude, the starting lineup of Tatum's going to be better. Jalen's going to be better. Gordon Hayward is a fucking all-NBA talent. Kyrie is one of the best players in the league. And Harford's a beast. All right, let's move on. For, we got, like, Three minutes left. Moving on. Any thoughts on Cavs Toronto? I know everybody's down on the Cavs, and they were scary in round one. Um, but sort of like my New England Patriots, until LeBron loses, I'm, I'm betting on LeBron. Um, I do not see him losing to the Raptors. Um, I think he is good enough and has just a good enough supporting cast where he can carry them through the series. I think it'll probably go seven. Um, but my money's still on LeBron. I agree. I agree with you. I'm not even going to debate that. Um, Houston Warriors, or no? I mean, the West. I feel like we just wait till next round. I don't even think we need to talk about the West because of uh, Houston. I sort of think the Jazz might give the Rockets no. a little more no. run for their money than people think. But Jazz were awesome in the first round. I love their story. I love them, but no, the Rockets might sweep them. Uh, I, I will, how, what do you want to bet that the Rockets don't sweep? No, I don't feel very good about it. I will bet you, though, that it goes five and you could take six and over. I want two to one. Okay. Also. If I win, Deal. you're naming a pizza after me next season. Deal. If you win. And if, if I win, you actually have to pay for everything when you come to Timber. That's a deal. Deal. Okay, five, if it goes in five or a sweep, gallon pizza or two idiot pizza. I don't care what you call it. Okay. All right. Uh, I want two more things I want to talk to you about, then I'll let you go. 
This is all rapid fire. Knicks head coach search have 11 names. Mike Brown, Dave Fitzdale, David Blatt, Coach Budhauser from Atlanta, Mark Jackson, John Howard, bunch of assistants you've never heard of, Jerry Stackhouse, Kenny Smith. Do any of these names excite you? Are the Knicks terrible forever? Uh, some of those names excite me because it would be interesting to see what Jawan Howard is like and what Jerry Stackhouse is like. It probably wouldn't be that tight. So it excites me in the fact that it would be exciting, um, but the Knicks will stink forever, correct, as long as Dolan's there. They're going to make an announcement this week on who they're hiring, so you would, we'll have to talk about that more. All right, rapid fire. I got five questions, and you're done. Actually, it's like seven. Just first thing that comes to your head. Are you ready? Yes. Kawhi Leonard will be a spur next year, true or false? Okay. Paul George will play where next year? Lakers. Lakers. Do you have any thoughts on Kawhi, where he'll go? I have no idea, but it just the damage seems too deep. Um, and, yeah, I have no idea, but I don't see him going back to the Spurs. What do you think? I kind of think he's going back and everything's overblown, but I'm always wrong on these things. So I mean, if anybody can do it, it's the Spurs. Aldridge wanted out last season, and they somehow, that's, you know. That's a, that was the point I was going to bring up. I wouldn't be surprised he's traded, but gun to my head, I'm saying he's staying. Okay, a few more. Yeah. If you're the Pelicans, are you bringing back Boogie Cousins? Yes. Okay. I would sign and trade him to Washington. No, for... he's a top ten talent in the NBA, and you can build off what they've done this year. Um, he can also stretch the floor, so it's not like he's just going to cl- totally clog it up. He can shoot, um, and I think you figure it out with him because he's such a good, good talent. And they're my favorite story of the playoffs. I think they're going to get crushed too, but I love them in the first round. Yeah. Uh, did the Knicks win the Mellow trade? They got Cantor, Doug McDermott, and a high second-round pick. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, should the NBA get rid of the one-and-done rule? Or call it NCAA, whatever. Uh, and replace it with like a rule like uh, baseball where you can either go from high school or two years or just totally eliminate the rule or what? Just, I don't know, you're overthinking it. They, they could get drafted and they utilize the G League more and it's like a farm system. I think there's a better way to do it. I don't know if it's just totally open up the floodgates and whatever happens happens is the answer. Um, but there certainly does seem to be a better way to do it. All right, to be continued. That's a good one. Two more. Uh, when does Call Your Mother open? June. All right, maybe. I, I have a, a wedding in July. I have not booked a return ticket yet because I'm waiting to see if Call Your Mother will be open. That's my dog. July 14th is the wedding. I've, I have open-ended. My wife is freaking out. Okay. Uh, last question. He Got Game came out 20 years ago today. Is it the best basketball movie of all time? Uh, Jesus. Um... <laughs> Uh, uh, it's up there. It's one of my faves for sure. That's quite the question. All right. Obviously, you're not a big He Got Game. That's one of my favorite movies ever. No, I ditto. I just you you floored me with that question. I love Ray Allen. I love Denzel. It's, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Rounding out my top three: Space Jam and Blue Chips. You know, true. I've never seen Hoosiers. Is that crazy? I've never seen it either. White Man Can't Jump doesn't make the list. Mm, probably over Space Jam. Yeah, give me a break with Space Jam. That's like a cutesy gimmick. I like Space Jam a lot. I watch it every time it's on. What about Blue Chips, too, dog? Come on, we can get real. I said Blue Chips. That was my third. I also have honorable mention Coach Carter and Glory Road, which I'm pretty sure we both saw in the theater together in college. I mean, Coach Carter is unbelievable. Unbelievable. Coach Carter, very underrated. 
All right, I'll let you go. You got a restaurant to run. Thanks for hopping on. We'll have to do this again next round. Hey, Celtics I, love you. I love you, dog. I miss you. Love you too, big dog. One. All right, see you. Peace. Okay, we are now joined by recurring guests and potential Wizards expert now, now that Zach has fallen off the face of the earth, my brother, Jesse. What's up, Jesse? It's good to be back on the pod. Last time we, we had you on, you were super depressed about the Redskins and Alex Smith. You're now super depressed about the Wizards, as we're going to just kind of touch base on the Wizard fan base. Uh, last time you were also potting from a airport lounge, whispering in the corner of the phone as your wife shunned you for talking too loud. Is that true or false? Uh, she wasn't really shunning me. I just have good manners and try not to annoy everyone around me talking about the Wizards. Yeah, well, that's the difference between you and me. I just put it all on the line for this podcast. You're worried about strangers at the Turkish Airlines lounge you'll never see again. Someone, someone has to care about this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so, we're, this is a Tuesday night. Uh, Cavs just beat Toronto in overtime. Toronto kind of blew it at the end. They had this great comeback and then blew it. it before we get to the Wizards... Is there any doubt, Andrew and I just talked about this earlier, we are both convinced that this is Cleveland's series to lose and LeBron's not losing to Toronto. Did tonight, did you go into the with the same thought I did, or do you feel differently? No. Uh, well, especially after watching Toronto just play a six-game series, they're a good team, but uh, I still don't think they have what it takes to beat peak LeBron. Uh, he had a killer shot at the end of the game tonight, and it's just dominance so uh i still think uh cleveland's definitely going to the finals yeah i do too i just think cleveland's playing or cleveland lebron's playing so good right now and if tristan thompson and other guys start pitching in more and more it's it's inevitable uh, i think they'll definitely get swept by the warriors and he'll still probably leave the team but i think that they're the best team in the east for a little bit longer yeah, for at least the rest of this playoff run. Or Houston. Don't don't sleep on Houston. If Curry, I, I don't know, Curry's playing right now. I'm missing the beginning of this game, the podcast with you. If uh, Curry struggles or doesn't stay healthy, I'm not as sure that it's going to be the Warriors over Houston, but we'll see. Uh, let's talk about the, your Wizards. Wizards just bowed out in six. The eight seed, kind of disappointing. They had to deal with some injuries all season. And... Wall comes back late, looks great. Or actually, before that, let's rewind. Wall gets hurt. The Wizards play great without him. The trade Wall free Sato movement starts, and then Wall come. Then they stumbled, and then Wall comes back, plays out of his mind, and the rest of the team struggles. And then they lose in six. Yeah, played great. They started great for thirteen games or fifteen games or so. And then they completely imploded without Wall. So the whole everybody eats and the team's better with Sato, that sort of argument died when they lost like 8 out of 10. And then Wall came back and looked great. So, um, I mean, it doesn't mean that this team is good as it's currently composed, but I think the argument that the team is better just without Wall is completely false. Yeah, I am back on the Wall as the best player on the team. Uh, I still don't know what they're going to do. I mean, the contract thing's crazy because, first of all, 
Are you surprised that Ernie Grunfeld hasn't been fired yet? Or is this like the end of the season thing? I don't know what they're waiting for. No, I, it's so their owner, uh, Leonsis, just put out like a letter to the fans or something, and they're going to look at what they can do to improve the team. But everyone was sort of just expecting like a pretty quick fire of uh, Ernie, who's been there 15 years and is the worst GM in basketball. And it looks like um, that it's, I mean, who knows what could happen in a, in a few weeks. But right now, it's looking like he's not going to get fired, which just as fans, even more depressed. Yeah, I'm like, every. I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast for years, that Ernie's got to go, Ernie's got to go. It's not like a coaching search or anything. There's no reason they have to hold on to him throughout the season. Like, I would imagine if he's not fired within a week or two, I mean, their season ended a couple of days ago, he's going to come back. I don't. I, it doesn't make any sense to keep him like through the draft and let him go. I don't know. I, I, if I'm with the Wizards, no, I'll give him now. It's got to happen soon, like within a week or two, because they're going to be starting to prepare for the draft. But um, watching the Wizards lose to Toronto in the in this playoff series and seeing how you know Toronto was sort of like the Wizards are this year, last year, where it looked like everyone's like you need to break it up. But then they came back and got all these great bench pieces and they drafted well. And so now they're just a more complete team. And when Ernie had that horrific offseason two years ago with Mahimi and Jason Smith and Nicholson, it literally like sunk chances for the, for the wall Beal era because they're screwed for at least another two years. Yeah, I mean, they're so locked into what they have that I don't know... I don't know where they go. Like, I've been, I was texting with Zach on the side, and I think their most tradable player outside of maybe Ubre is Beal. Like, I feel like moving Beal, like, Wall's contract is such a monstrosity. I'm not saying he's not awesome, but I don't know outside of like a Blake Griffin deal, which Zach said he'd be down with. He was like getting two <laughs> role players. <laughs> Zach wanted to trade well at like the beginning of the season. It's basically trading. You'd have to trade Wall for like role players and like not even all stars, and then a draft pick is basically the best you could get because no one's going to be like, you know what, we're ready to mortgage the farm for John Wall and a hundred fifty million dollars over four, four more years or whatever it is. Feels their best tradable asset um, but can you get something back in return that's much better than Beal I highly doubt it um, Wall I agree Wall's their best player it's not even close he's much better than Beal Beal can like light it up but in the playoff series he completely disappeared in three of the games so Wall played pretty great the entire playoffs um Wall, but that, I mean, Wall is a great player. He's their best player. Is he worth the massive contract he's about to get? Definitely not. Uh, and that's the problem with Porter as well. It's like Porter's a very good role player. He's the least aggressive player in the NBA. He would love to just sit on the wing and like never get the ball passed to him ever. Um, I think if we had a better coach or if Wall did a better job in, of involving him, he could be like a 20 point a game guy. His shot is really good. But he's just so unaggressive, and he's he's the same thing. Where Porter's a really good third option, but he's an overplayed max player. So I would love to move Porter this offseason, but I don't think too many teams are going to be clamoring for him. I just don't know what team's going to be like. I need Otto Porter 
I'm looking at their salaries right now. Otto Porter next year makes 26. The year after that makes 27. And then he has a player option for 28.5. It's insane. $28 million for Otto Porter. And what, what I almost threw up in my mouth. John Walls, I forgot his contract doesn't even kick in kick in until 1920. The 2019-2020 right. year. So this next year, John Wall makes $19 million. The year after that, he makes 37, almost 38. Then 40, then 44, then $47 million in 2022-23 season. That's insane. That's insane. That's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem with all these teams who have to like re-up their stars who have been there forever. And the Wizards had to do it. He's their best player. Uh, if you let him walk, um, you're not going to get better. Um, but it's he's overpaid. Um, but you know, I'm not. I'm really not too worried about his contract because I think the Wizards have to like try to do something to be competitive and definitely not win it all, but at least try to get to like the Eastern Conference Finals in the next two or three years. And if that doesn't happen, then yes, Wall's getting paid like a crazy amount, but then you can blow up the rest of the team and Wall's not good enough to carry the team. Like they could still do the lottery blow up like Sixers with just Wall on the team. Like if you got rid of Beal and Porter and put a bunch of like young losers around him, this is a lottery team again. So I think that they had to re-sign him. You know, they've blown really a chance last year and this year, like good chances to get to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and maybe there's an opportunity. I mean, it's already it's already too late, right? Because Philadelphia, Boston, Toronto are definitely better. Who knows what happens with LeBron? But, you know, they had two good chances last year and this year, and they can still, I think, be competitive, be like a top four or five team in the East next year. But they're starting to they're starting to slip, and Boston is obviously going to be amazing, and Philadelphia is definitely on the rise. So I just don't see them catching up. But I, I don't disagree for giving them the big deal. I mean the the idea of blowing it up around Wall and then just sucking while you pay Wall forty five million is like the most depressing scenario in the world, and not because you won't be bad. It would just be a disaster. It just would be a disaster. I I think. If they can't move Otto, then I think they need to shop Beal. And I've been, I have been Team Beal, like back when, back when we started the podcast, and Zach was like, he's made a tissue paper, he sucks. I'm like, I don't know, he cooks the Knicks every time we play. He's a stud. He makes a lot of money too, and he was kind of a letdown in the playoffs, like you said earlier. Like, why not doing some crazy, like huge trade with like Portland for CJ McCollum and they have like a million role players. They have like a million guys that are okay and probably overpaid. But not removed probably. Why can't they do like a trade with Beal for McCollum and then you throw in like not Evan Turner, but one of their other wings, Aminu or something like that. I mean, I think I mean I, I get what you're saying because the way that it's worked the past three years, it just doesn't look like Wall and Beal play all that good together, and they don't like each other. That's the other thing. But they don't like said, each other. Beal, Beal is 23. He's still young. He's still getting better. Um, no, Beal's awesome. better than McCollum, Beal. so it's like a down, you know, you're trading down. I would actually, I would prefer to keep Beal just because he's a beast and he's young and he's getting better. I would try to move Porter 
um, if possible in the off season. And if that doesn't work, then, you know, you do like a bunch of little things. Like you get rid of Gortat, who's got a year left, so he should be movable. You can trade Ubre or Sato to try to bring in some other decent bench guys or more picks. And you maybe try to flip Mahimi for like another bad contract where it's someone in the new scenery perhaps plays better. Like you get some like, like, like NS Cantor or a like, side. What, like NS Cantor. Like I've been texting you for two weeks of saying Cantor would be the best big man yeah. in the Wizards I by mean, a mile. Just give yeah, me Ubre. Ubre and Mahimni for Cantor. Let's do it. You trade Ubre. I mean, the problem is, like, <laughs> I, li- I like Ubre. I'm, I'm definitely not like Zach, thinking he's going to be some type of superstar. But he's only got a year left on his contract, and we just can't afford to keep him. And I don't think he's ever going to be better than Otto. Like, I mean, they just play different games. So I think they could both be equally okay, because Otto's sort of okay, and Ubre... Ubre just has no offensive game. He hasn't been, been able to shoot the ball for six months. He's super aggressive on defense and plays pretty good defense, but he's got the worst handles in the league. He just hasn't looked good enough to commit a big deal to, which is what we're going to have to do. So I'm okay moving Ubre. I mean, I don't really like moving Ubre and one of our bigs for Cantor because I don't think that helps us all that much. But, but yeah, I mean, the Wizards aren't going to be able to do a lot with this roster I don't want them to move Wall and Beal. So, you know, maybe, I mean, mean, the pipe dream, what Wizards fans say on blogs and stuff like that is, oh, maybe we can get Cousins and you're moving Porter, or maybe the dream is you get Kawhi. But but the truth is, like, nobody, even if you package our our first this year, future first, and Porter and Ubre, it's still probably not landing you those guys. But, uh, But you maybe shoot big for, like, a deal like that, and then, when that doesn't happen, you make a lot of little bench moves, which, again, probably keeps the, us... But the bench team. moves aren't going to get you by Boston. They aren't going to get you by Philly. Because Philly might add LeBron, or they're like have this buddy nucleus that is going to be awesome. Like I think Philly is probably better than you right now. No, Philly is definitely better Adding right like, now. But it doesn't... I mean, trading... There's nothing we can do to get better than those teams. Boston and Philly are just... Definitely, in Toronto, too, are just definitely going to be better than us next year. All right, what about so this? all the Wiz can hope for is to, like, stay healthy, hope other teams get injured. Um, the Wizards, we haven't even talked about this, you know, they they went down 2-0 to Toronto, and then they got all the fans back into it because they won two in a row, and then, of course, they lost the last two. But they played Toronto very competitively. Like, every game was coming down the last five minutes. They wouldn't be in that scenario if they had beat Orlando on the last night of the fucking season where Orlando was trying to tank. They get a better uh, position, and if they win that game, they get to play Boston, which, no offense to Big Drew, but I'd much rather play Boston than Toronto. And Boston's going to be much better than us in the future, but this was the I year. still think we could have given them a better fight. I mean, yes, all the everything you just said is true, and like revisionist history. But even if they, let's say they beat Boston, I think they lose to Philly. Maybe they get by Philly. I don't know. I just, what about this? Well, and the thing is, is like one one thing you hear Beal and Wall say all the time in interviews is like we're a better team than that. We're a better team than that. But really, like they were this inconsistent team all season. 
And yes, when they put together their A game and Wall and Beal are both playing like their best games, then they can, you know, compete with pretty much anyone, minus maybe like the Warriors and the Rockets. But that just doesn't happen. It happens like one in every four games. So they really were the team that's just super inconsistent. It's because Scott Brooks is a horrible coach. It's because they have no bench because of Ernie. It's because Wall and Beal have these attitude problems for whatever reason. Yeah. Well, no, uh, let me interrupt you right there because that's what pisses me off about the Wizards. And I like the Wizards. I want the Wizards to do well. But what pisses me off is they have this, like, entitlement. Like, they're one of the better teams in the league, and they've never accomplished anything. It's like, we're a good team, we're better, and like Wall's like throwing teammates under the bus, and they got these attitudes, Wall and Beal hate each other. It's like, they've won nothing. They've gotten to the second round of the playoff, they went to seven games last year with Boston. They are, they're, they're not bad, they're a above-average NBA team, and they carry themselves like they're the cream of the crop, like a contender in the East, and they're not even really that. And so, I don't like the attitude. I didn't like, what did you think about Wall just... Basically, Wall like just dunking on Gortat after the season, being like, "We need more athletic centers." Like, can Gortat even Gortat, come back Gortat to this was, team? Gortat was horrible in the playoffs. Gortat like tweeted a diss to him when he was out. Like, yeah. I I loved Gortat for what he did for his first few seasons here. It's been great. I'm totally down with getting rid of Gortat. He sucks now. I mean, Wall. I agree. Like, Wall had this horrible attitude, saying, "Oh, we need to get more talent around here." And it's like if you're a true star, you say, I could have played better and like carried our team to victory. I mean, the truth is, like, he really gave it everything, every game, and had an amazing playoffs, whereas Beal and Porter were absolute no-shows. Beal had two great games at home, but was horrible every game in Toronto, and Porter was a complete ghost. He was hurt, but he is, he is just not not a prime-time player. So I get what Wall was saying. He was like, listen, like, they have like the fourth or fifth, the highest payroll in the league. And really, like, you know, you've got Wall and Beal. It's like true stars. So that's pretty crazy and like with a horrible bench. So I get what Wall's saying, but it's not the right attitude. Um, and it's too, it's too bad you have no money because I've been saying this for years, but Noel's going to be a free agent and I'd love to see Noel on your team, but you have no money. Like, I don't even know how you bring people in. You're completely capped out. Like, you have to make trades. And it's frustrating. You look at, like, the Sixers, and, like, their bench is great. They brought in all these people that the Wiz have, like, said they've wanted forever. Like, they brought in Ilisova. You bring in Redick. Uh, Redick starts for them. But you bring in, like, all these good role players. Uh, and it's like, why have the Wiz just missed out on all these people? It's because they've maxed out horrible bench players, and they can only do, like, minimum contracts. <laughs> Actually, Ty Lawson was pretty good. But he's obviously not the answer. And it just goes to show how crazy the Wizards are that everyone fell in love with Shadow. And then Brooks played Lawson like over him the entire playoffs. Sato did I nothing. Mean, it was crazy. That was a, so bizarre. It's like everyone was on this free Sato movement. And then everyone's like, oh, Ty Lawson's good. Who cares? It made no sense to me. I don't even understand why they brought in Ty Lawson. But. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. But in the playoffs, he completely outplayed him. So, I mean, I don't blame. Brooks for writing the hot hand there, but it just shows that Brooks really has like no idea what he's doing, and he's just like fishing for anything that will work um, because because it's not working. What if the Pelicans decide that they played so well in the playoffs that they want to move on from Boogie, and they offer sign and trade Boogie to a four year huge deal for Beal straight up? I mean. 
I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think you have to do that just because um, he's coming off an Achilles injury. He's been working, and Ernie's got to be desperate to make a move, and it would make Wall happy. Um, so I think you would have to do it, but. A, that's not the way the NBA is going, right? So then you take away your best shooter, and you're left with, like, Porter as your only shooter. Uh, and, you know, and then B, he's coming off an injury. So, you know, the Wizards would have no shooters on the roster whatsoever. I mean, I don't know. Then maybe you could draft someone with a 15th pick who's, like, more of a shooting guard. Um, I think you would have to do it just because the team needs a change, but... I don't know if that necessarily makes him a better team. Except for Boogie was playing great. Like, he was phenomenal great. before he got but, uh, I think I would do yeah. it because I think I know they're not going to win with what they have, and I don't know if they can move Wall. And if you can't move no, Wall... I, they can't They can't move Wall. I don't think that they can move Wall. You know, how good would, how good that, would that make the Pelicans? Like, they're already playing so good, and then you toss like another great shooter out there. That'd be um, tight. Well, so Anthony Davis, Miritich, Drew Holiday, Beal. I can get down with that. That did be one of the best teams in the West. Um, yeah. No, I mean, uh, I love it for the Pelicans. Yeah, I mean, does, yeah. does that, I mean, how good are like? I don't know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think I think it's sort of we'd be plateaued where we are now. I, I still think that they would consider doing it, and obviously, like they're like so married to Wall now. And uh, that would make, I mean, if, you, if Wall could choose between Cousins and Beal, he'd obviously choose Cousins because they're boys and he doesn't like Beal. But, uh, but I don't know how that works out for him. I think you have to split up. I, I mean, the, I think you have to split them up. The ideal scenario is we trade Porter for Cousins or Kawhi. That's what I want. That's what gets me through, like, the night. But <laughs> it's definitely not going to happen. I mean, especially if, if the Pelicans... I think the only team you can move Otto to is like a really bad, desperate team that will get no free agents. Like a, I don't know, Memphis, it makes no sense. But like... Sacramento. Sacramento. Like Brookville, Brooklyn is in this weird spot right now. Like a team that's like, well, we just want a young player that we hope develops. And like you got to take our bad contract and like a half desirable piece. I, I just... I mean, I've been wrong a million times about a ton of things on this podcast. I just find it hard to believe that a team is going to go out and be like, Otto Porter is available? Like, we got to pony up. It's going to be like, well, we're taking on that contract. He's still, he's only 24. He's 24. Beal's 24. I think Wall's only 27. Like, Wall is in his prime. So you could still, it's not too late. I, I would try and get Boogie. If you, don't, if you guys don't get Boogie... I, I, I don't know what you do. The Knicks fan of me still says Mahimni, Mahimni and Ubre for Cantor. And one of our, and like Lance Thomas. And you get like another role player that can play. I mean, you, the, the, like, the, opti- the optimist would say, look at what Toronto did, right? Like Toronto was in the exact same spot. The uh, Rosen is probably better than Wall. I'll admit that. Um, not probably. Think- not probably. He's better. <laughs> it's not, I like Wall a lot. He's it's not pretty great. DeRozan made a I huge another same, leap this year. I think they're in the same league. I, I agree. I will give up. I will take DeRozan he's like ten out of ten times. Nil. Ten out of ten times. I take DeRozan. But Lowry is not that good. Like Lowry is okay. So I think Wall and Beal are are just as good as Lowry and Rosen. And the rest of their better. team takes a huge shit all over the Wizards roster. Well, exactly. The rest of their team, so the entire the team. 
Yeah, it but is a problem. Last, but last year, Toronto was in the same spot, and then they traded out like six players, like their bottom six players or whatever, and their bench was amazing all season and in the playoffs. So, you know, there's no reason to think that the Wizards all of a sudden could like get rid of some of these contracts and bring in, you know, no-name bench players that would turn out to be good players. But that's probably going to be what happens this offseason. It's what they're hoping happens. It's that they make a few changes here or there. They get rid of one bad contract and bring in another bad contract, and they just hope that things click. Because they're not going to get a star. They're not going to trade one of their big guys. So they just need to hope that the rest of the team, someone gets better and that they can stay healthy. Yeah, I think it would be interesting. The one good bench signing that Ernie's done in the last few years is Mike Scott. Uh, who played great all year, and he's definitely going to walk because he's definitely going to ask for money and he has no loyalty to the Wizards, and he's a good fit for the team, and they can't afford him. So, uh, so you know, they're actually going to get a little bit worse. I think it will be interesting to see guys who stick out to me who they could actually go after would be... I would be interested in Ryan Anderson to see if that... You talked about how they want to stretch for. He stinks, but, like... He has a egregious, a horrible contract. You might be able to move Otto for him. Would you do Otto for Ryan? Oh, that's such a bad trade. Oh, it's a bad no. That's such a bad young, trade. And he's still getting better. No, that's bad. But that's what bad. I do? I don't like that. Would I, I do Mahimi for him? <laughs> sure. Yeah, they won't do that. We, I texted you this a while ago. What about LeBron leaves for Philly? And then... Cleveland is so dumb, they probably like, no, we're going to try and compete with Love and whoever. But if they just do a 180 and they're like, you know what, LeBron's gone, we're going to stink, we need to unload salary, we need to get rid of guys, we want young players, maybe Love Love becomes available for Otto or something like that. I don't even, I, yeah, honestly, I'm like just grasping at straws. I don't even know I'd be a all, scenario. I'd be all in on that. Uh, yeah, no, you've talked about that, and it's, it's not that crazy. Uh, I mean, probably it's crazy because they don't put love up there and they probably get a better offer than Porter. But, you know, if you, you trade... You do auto, auto and, like, um, a future first and, like, a protected first after that. For right. uh, That's a lot. Move, Two firsts for Kevin Love. You move Oubre to the starting lineup uh, and you hope Oubre learns how to shoot again. But, I mean, the problem with the Wizards is, like, all these teams that are good, like, they've just got all these guys who can knock down three. And John Wall can't, and Otto Porter is too afraid to touch the ball, so it all comes down to Beal because no one on their bench can hit a three-pointer. So I mean, they're just—they're not playing like how the modern teams are playing. And so if we can get love, I'm all about it. Yeah, I don't. That might even, be even though probably Otto probably has a better three-point percentage than Love uh, if you look it up. But I just—I think the most realistic of everything we've talked about, and we've thrown out some ridiculous trade ideas. Most of mine are terrible. Is Beal for CJ McCollum and some combination of players exchanged? I think that of everything, I'm not saying that's good for the Wizards. I'm not even saying I would do it. I'm just saying it's the most realistic because Portland, Portland and the Wizards are the same team. It's like looking. What's that? Have you seen that meme of the two Spider Mans pointing at each other? I don't know, you probably yeah. you're never... That's like the Wizards in Portland. It's like, oh, we got two backcourt players that might or might not like each other that shoot the ball all the time and then a bunch of bad contracts and a weak kind of bench. Like, Portland has all these guys. Everyone's overpaid. 
Everyone's overpaid on Portland. I agree. Like they're they're the exact same team. They have the exact same problem, and they're like their best players are their guards. But I just don't see it. Like it probably just puts both teams in the exact same place. Oh, I, so I don't know. Like it just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense for them to do it. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. This is something that we're gonna have to revisit because it's only it's the middle of the playoffs. We're gonna do more podcasts and then. What I am excited for the Wizards, they finally get a first-round pick again. Like, I thought you weren't allowed to trade away so many consecutive picks. I don't know how the Wizards kept doing it. But they finally... Or no, they got Oubre two years ago, and then this year they're going to get whoever. There's going to be... It's a, I think it's... Well, I, no, I'm, I'm not going to count that first-round pick until the draft has happened and we actually pick someone. Because uh, you could totally see Bernie <laughs> moving the pick and Mahimi for like, some other horrible player... Um, so we'll we'll see if we keep the pick or not, but uh, but yeah, it's nice to have one at least. But yeah, this team is probably hopefully they're better than an A seed next year, but they're definitely not better than a fourth or fifth seed. Yeah, I I like the I say this every year. You think I'm an idiot every time I say it, um, but I like this year's draft. I think there's good players to be had, and I think at 15, someone's going to drop, and you could get them if Robert Williams. From Texas A&M drops, he'd be perfect for you. Now we're just like looking at mock drop. We should just have this. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully next time we talk, Ernie Grunfeld got fired. And we could go from there. That would be reason to celebrate an offseason alone. So, we'll yeah. see. We, we well, I mean, it's, uh, the Wizards were completely depressing this year. The Redskins were uninteresting. I know you just got all excited about them. But we have Alex Smith as our quarterback, so that's not exciting. And like the extra thing, I'm not a. I mean, I like the Nats and the Caps, but I don't watch them. But my favorite sporting event is the World Cup, which is coming up in a month. Everyone here is talking about it, and of course, the U.S. isn't in it. So this has been one of the worst sports years ever. Yeah, um, I don't I'm even. I'm not. I don't even want to. I mean, I'm going to watch all the World Cup, but I'm super bummed about that. But if you're down on the on the Redskins. Just listen to the podcast, a 40-minute podcast I just did with Panaro because you're going to be shooting to the moon after you listen to that bad boy. Redskins, watch out. They're, yeah. they're a wild-card contender, and they'll be fun. They're going to be fun. Dude, I'll have to, I'll have guys, to it once I get through. Uh, guy, it is on with guys. Marshawn Lynch 2.0. He's big. He's fast. He's strong. Oof, I'm just getting tingly thinking about it. Uh, all right, that's enough. Wizards, DC Sports for a while. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for joining us from Mexico City. And if Zach ever surfaces from his hole, or if he doesn't, you'll be our official Wizards correspondent. Uh, hopefully, you get a little bit more of the promotion. <laughs> all right, buddy. Thank you. And uh, right. two idiots talking sports. We're down. Peace. Out to the way, Be sure to get down, good along with the two idiots talking sports. Strictly, man, they just play around, cover much ground, talk about the best pound for pound. It's Z to AC, DC to Cali. Ooh-wee, you can't get them out of your mind, no. They talk about the sports all the time.